This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Llanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room, Tawana. It's a pleasure to have you here. How are you doing today? I'm fantastic. I'm excited and nervous all at the same time. <laughs> hey, that, that, that that's what it is, right? Uh, nervous and excitement are just two words for the same thing. Energized. Energized. And, um, I think it was Kobe that said something along those lines about how he changes the word fear into excited. And that's how he was able to do a lot of the mama mentality stuff. Um, but with that said, one of the things we like to do when we kick off a conversation is ask this question to really set the tone. And that is, do you yourself come from a family of entrepreneurs, working professionals, creatives? Um, really a combination of all of it. I think unofficially, many in my family were entrepreneurs and just didn't realize <laughs> that that's what they were. Um, but I also have a lot of people in my family that are um, creative and some that might have coined themselves professional. I think I was probably the first one that actually um, gave it a name. Um, and because I have so many different lanes in which I play, I just threw on the multipreneur hat. Yeah, no, that's, that's excellent. Thank you. And so then at what point did your life start to take hold of this uh, entrepreneurial spirit for you? Do you remember a key? Can you attribute it to a key moment where you're like, you know, I was in college and decided to drop out, or I was in college, just finished and said, I'm not going the corporate route, you know, something along those lines. Is there any moment you can say that was a key moment looking back? Yeah, I remember when um, I was working for a design firm in upstate New York and the janitor, not the janitor, God bless him, the driver. I remember him trying to hint to me that my job was going to end soon. I think he heard the back room conversations prior, you know, to me getting the severance package, but he knew, and it didn't click for me, but it was getting that severance package in a job that I never expected to leave and sitting at home in front of my computer. Um, I felt something stirring in me. I didn't quite know what, but I knew at that moment that I wanted to be in charge of my destiny. I see. You heard destiny calling. And it was during a time when life should have been a sad moment. And yet you were empowered by that. Now, that's a that's a peculiar response to stress that only entrepreneurs have. You know, it's it's the it's the fascinating thing about an entrepreneur is whatever you thought they were going to do, you didn't even know what they were going to do. You don't know. Entrepreneurs know, but you don't know. You have no idea what you just did, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and it sounds like you were the consummate entrepreneur in that way. Now, before that moment, uh, you had this career and you said uh, design agency? It was a design firm. Design mm -hmm. firm. And they focused on like architecture or what? Oh, I'm what? sorry. Graphic design. So they did like yeah, yeah. design, creative design, um, all, all things advertising. Yeah. Uh, and okay. so, yeah. 
Okay, good. So then we carry over and you now decide I'm taking control of my destiny. Uh, did you stay in that vein or did you combine multiple years of experiences across different verticals to say, this is what I'm going to do now? So it actually didn't blossom right then and there, right? Like I felt it stirring and, but I couldn't like put my fingers on what it was, but I do know one thing I got out of my comfort zone and I left Rochester, New York, where I was, and I went to Miami. And I'll never forget my family, especially my mother, because, you know, I was a single mom. And so everybody expected me to do the safe thing and take one of the offers where I had a cushiony salary and, you know, all the things. And I kid you not, Philip, one day I show up to this interview because like, I'm interviewing everywhere. I'm in Miami. I got to hustle. I got to hurry up and make something happen. And I show up to this job where they're like, oh, well, this interview is all day long. And I'm like, what? They're like, yeah, you got to go in the field with us and yada, yada, yada. Long story short, um, it was a straight commission job where you had to walk into business offices. Um, I think the company is Sidcor, if I remember correctly. But you had to walk into offices in the middle of the day, find a decision maker and get them to either switch over their phone servers or get new phone service with you. And I was so inspired by these, I mean, the girls, they, I mean, they were smart. They, they selected really cute girls to do this, but I was so inspired by these women owning it, going into busy businesses in the middle of the day and demanding that they needed to see the CEO or the CFO or the controller, because once they leave the neighborhood, they were gone. And we were here to help you save money on your phone bill. I learned one thing about the human race. We will drop everything that we are doing <laughs> to money on our phone bill. So that was like my first entry or entree, if you will, into hustling and hunting for my own income. And it it was a bug. It bit me. And uh, there was the, I did so well in that position that my boss, she kept asking me to um, leave the Miami market, um, which took me three months. Cause I'm like, no, why would I go to Kentucky? Right. In my mind, I'm like, Kentucky, honey, that sounds like dirt roads and straw hats. I'm not going, <laughs> but she finally wore me down and I came and, but what was interesting is it was a different environment. You know, you couldn't just, you know, find a thousand businesses in a row to knock on doors is, you know, the way Miami was. So it was, it was more complicated, but I was doing the, the territory that I did have. Um, I had a business owner ask me, Hey, you have the ability to walk into an office and command the room in the middle of the day. Um, will you come work for me? I just, you know, invested in this payroll software. I need somebody to, to grow it. I got my hands busy with this tax agency. And so that's when I really got, so, right. So I'm looking at natural progression. So I went from straight commission. I didn't really have to run the business, but I had to hunt for my own income. And then going from having to just hunt for my own income, but I had to build a company. And so I built this company, this payroll company for another entrepreneur. And once I got it to six staff, its own office and over a hundred small businesses processing payroll, she wanted to bring me in a box. And I was like, every time I think back to this guys, I'm like hindsight, you know, 2020, if, if the way that I work is, is if I have somebody coming in and they're killing it, I'm trying to figure out how to keep you around. And so when she wanted to bring me in a boss, I mean, it kind of just, you know, it just poured water on my flame. And I'm like, I've got to go do my own thing. 
And so I decided to open up at the time it's, it's involved, you know, quite a bit. Then I said, you know what, I'm going to open up a telemarketing firm. This is about 20 years ago. And that's what I did. I sold lead generation and telemarketing packages to businesses um, that needed somebody to create an opportunity that they could then later go in and close. And that was the beginning. It, it, so it went from losing my job, being thrown, you know, going to Miami, turning down salaried positions and working straight commission, doing so well that I built a business for somebody else. And then another letdown, it's like, oh my God, I don't know anything that's going on with this company. So she wanted to bring me in a boss to protect her asset. As a business owner now, I get it. I would have gone about it different. And then that was like the final thing of like, I am, I am going to go do this for myself. And that is what uh, landed me into entrepreneurship. Yeah, no, thank you. And you're a great storyteller. Uh, well, you lived it, right? You're telling a story. It. You're just spitting yeah. facts. <laughs> it's real. Uh, well, I missed this part. I missed this part because this is important. You know what gave me the courage to do it, though? It wasn't because I just had, you know, a bunch of money in the bank. I mean, at the time I was running this woman's company. I mean, I had even reduced my salary by 10 grand to create a marketing budget. So I don't even think I was making 45 in my base. It was because I got $4,000 in back child support. Every time I think about that, I have created this multi-million dollar enterprise with $4,000 in back child support. And it, so it was between like, man, I really needed a new car. <laughs> I needed a bed. I really needed a bed. I was sleeping on an air mattress. I needed all these things. And I was like, I got this extra cash. And I am so disappointed that she wants to bring me in a boss and doesn't see me. And so I took a gamble. One of the best gambles ever was betting on myself for real, for real. Oh, man, I love that. Before we go any further, I want to check in with Jason on his reaction to your story, because it's just what a great story. Well, you know, it's the it's the it's the idea of, you know, when you get backed in a corner like a dog, right? You get backed in the corner and you have to do something. Right. So it's like. I think we've all been there in some form or fashion in our life for sure. Um, and, but in my mind, it's always about the outcome, right? Because our decisions, you know, they, they affect so much in our life. And, you know, when we, we ask people, if you could go back and, and like tell yourself something 20 years ago, nobody ever says I would change this right nobody ever makes that comment everybody everybody always it's like they would have just added something versus there was no change and mm. the things that happen in our life are the things that shape us and you know i often think about had i not met or had some of the things not happened in my life, I would have never met my wife I have now, right? And then I wouldn't have had two children and all these things. So it's like our, our life culminates the way it does for a reason. Mm -hmm. And some of, some of us just go through more struggles. Some go through less. Some it puts them six feet under, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just like, you know, but, but life, life is what we make it. And 
as as business owners, we have such a great opportunity to influence the world. It's whether or not we decide to do it or not. For so, sure. Definitely. But great story of trials and tribulations and now a connection, right? There's a connection. You've been pretty close to my house, actually. <laughs> not, even re- not even realizing it. It's right across the... <laughs> Yep. Right across the uh, right across the mountain from me is uh, where you guys have assets, and that's really awesome. It's good stuff. And so you have now, at this point in the story, <clears throat> taken that gamble, placed that bet on yourself, best decision you ever made. And is this where T Bane and Co launches? No, no. I figured it's uh, never guys, the first business. I, I'm going to tell you, you know my. My journey as an entrepreneur, like I, I don't even know if we'd have enough time, but, but I think, I think for me, the reality is, is for, for, for women that are watching, especially women of color that are watching the resiliency in the grit, because I'm telling you the story gets crazy. So, so I, I start off and actually the company is new age communications and um, we are, I, I had no remind you. My family, no one really called themselves entrepreneurs, right? So there was no training, right? I started the company with non-traditional cash. And after starting the company this way, you know, we're not well capitalized, right? So I'm going through these ups and these downs of, of trying to make it. And so I finally, I'm ready to throw in the towel and I'm ready to give up. And as I'm ready to throw in the towel and ready to give up, I um, start looking for a job. And it is an engineering firm um, called Stantec here. At, at the time, I think it was full of Mossberger Scott May. But anyways, I was going to you know, apply for the job. And they were like, well, you're so good at what you do. And you're doing this other thing as a business. Why not just take us on as a client? <laughs> right? Wow. What? Are you kidding me? So... I mean, it was like literally manna from heaven. So they ended up giving me a retainer. And what do we all understand about business? Cash is king, right? <laughs> like you need that cash. You need cash to run your business and you need it often, right? When you get terms and you're not getting paid on time, forget about it. Um, and so that was like one of those aha moments where I personally felt like God was saying to me, um, I didn't tell you that it was quitting time. So I'm going to need you to get back in the ring, right? I'm like, that. you can't make that up. You can't make up that I was applying for a job and they suggest to me, why don't you just roll this under your business? Um, so at any rate, you know, fast forward, I'm doing these things. Um, and again, I'm making some not so great decisions. I am no, my, I studied French and computer science and God bless Computer science was supposed to be the major and French was supposed to be the minor. Needless to say, I'm a very artsy person. I flipped them real quick. And I say all that to say I am not the mathematician, okay? So I did a lot of stupid stuff. I mean, if it wasn't ridiculous factoring agreements, ridiculous loans, I mean, all the all the things. Um, so I, I hit a wall where, yeah, I had a lot of business coming in, but I had no true business understanding. So I am in this upside down business where I owe way more than what my receivables are. And I am sitting outside of a conference one day and I happened to meet one of the wealthiest black men 
um, in, in this region. And he's like, you know, most of my business business partners are men, but I think you're smart. I think you've got the grit. I'm, I'm open. I want to learn more about what it is that you do. Well, he ended up, um, you know, I look back and I'm like, I don't know if it was a smart idea or a, a bad idea, but he ended up acquiring um, my first business. And it gave us the capital that we needed but then it was a new world for me. I, I no longer owned and I was no longer at the helm of my company. And I was the only female partner. So he wasn't real hands-on. Um, and I was not getting the respect that I hoped to get from the other males that were running other business units that he was a partner in. Um, and so I felt uh, lost and I wasn't as passionate as I was prior to um, taking him on as a partner. Crazier, um, he passes away. Oh, wow. He passes away and the other partners don't really see value in this particular business unit. And so I am now like struggling once again to try to figure out what it is that I'm going to do. And so I am like, I've got to I got to, I got to reinvent myself. Who, who am I going to be? So I went from billing, you know, um, you know, anywhere between 50 to 80 grand plus a month down to, I started looking for high transaction businesses because I understood I need to do things where I'm generating cash every day. So because I still had some, some payables that were coming in from other projects, I decided I wanted to open up a boutique. And I'm now selling blazers literally out of my condo. I invested in acquiring a restaurant because again, right, I'm thinking high transaction type businesses. And my, while I'm doing these things, it is a very humbling moment, right? Because I have people that are like, you should be so happy that I'm buying this $300 blazer. And they have no idea that, you know, I could send an invoice for 30 grand, right? It was such a humbling moment for me that I am trying to rebuild who I am, but I knew that I needed, you know, cash coming in. And eventually my, my I think one of the things or, or how T-Bain and Co. ended up evolving was um, the biggest vision that I had is I wanted to come back and produce events. And so I um, launched or Derby Diversity Week, which was the first time ever in the history of the Kentucky Derby that someone said, hey, why is everybody doing Derby in silos? Like it was really segregated. And I said, I want to bring Black, Hispanic, LGBT, veteran, disabled. I want to bring all of these businesses together and let's band our resources together because we all got to struggle, right? It's just a matter of degree. Let's bring them together because we could really have a much bigger impact. That decision is what put me on the map in Kentucky and had people begin to take notice. And as that began to unfold, um, you know, the restaurant started doing better. The boutique did well. I started acquiring other things, brought in more partners, and then T-Bain and Co. became. Um, and so today, what started off as, you know, selling men's blazers out of my condo, I might as well say out of my trunk, um, and slinging drinks, <laughs> 
right? It turned into a business that I now say has social impact because I have walked all sorts of walks. I have been up, I have been down. I have people from every walk of life that has a role in me bouncing back. And so I really focus on people and planet. So the assets out in Colorado that you can see from, you know, where you are, or that's just across, um, is a part of the planet side of what we do. And the people side, I just want, you know, being a woman and and a woman of color in this space, I have seen people that look like me, treat me bad. I have seen people that look nothing like me, treat me bad. I just want us to treat each other better. You know, we don't understand the burden. There are people that were hating on me trying to build the business. They had no idea that I was sleeping on an air mattress, right? Like we could be, we could be kinder. We could be nicer and it doesn't cost us a damn thing. Um, And so that's the business that I'm building is, is, is it resonates with everything that I've been through because I get it. There's a lot of people that tell me they get it. I'm like, no, honey, I get it. I've seen the good, I've seen the bad, and I've seen the ugly. Oh yeah, no, that there herb, is herb, herb the flight time. Kindness it, is free. Yeah, that's yeah, we free. Got that's, that's his hashtag. It is free. <laughs> and listen, like we see what's happening in our country, right? Not just our country, really in the world, but. And that's not, you know, the mass shootings that we're seeing because of people losing it and flying off the, you know, the end of it, the um, the um, opioid addictions. The, I mean, just all mm. the stuff, you know, I listen, life is hard enough. And I've definitely seen the, the hard part of it. The last thing that I want to do is uh, create something where we are not making a positive impact on the people that we engage with um, and the planet that we leave to our kids, you know, so it's, it's so fascinating to me how the story showcases how like finally success turns into more success where like when you were struggling in other areas and, and trying to get things off the ground, it seemed like nothing was going. And then you get this one little success and then all the other things started doing better. There's just this weird thing that happens almost like all of it led up to almost push you in the direction to have to launch that kind of business before the other things uh, took hold. And if we watch sort of the hand of Providence throughout your journey, there, there was, there was strong, compelling evidence that some of these things just had to be built by you, you know, they had to be done by you. And uh, I, for one, think that uh, there's, there's a lot of power behind the work that you do and how you carry yourself. And I can see why, the path unfolded the way that it did. And I'm very grateful that you're out there doing the work that you do because of what you stand for. Thank you. you. I really Um, appreciate that. I I have a deep personal philosophy about the business marketplace and how we as decision makers get to vote who stays in business and who doesn't. And somehow through the cracks, there's always an asshole that slips through, you know, and it makes it worse for everyone else. But generally I find that business owners, they've paid their dues. So they know. And so, kindness and respect are kind of like the first things that they throw at you. Uh, but for every, for, for every hundred, there's always one, you know, that just. Well, Philip, <laughs> let, me, let me tell you this about the assholes that flip through the slip through the crack, because who knows that asshole could be watching and they could turn over a new leaf and become a better person. <laughs> Let's yeah. When you, when you stand in the way of another person's purpose or destiny, when that destiny is so big that it will change a nation, you could lose your very breath 
and trying to stop something because it's so much bigger than you. And that is the most powerful lesson that I learned during COVID. That, and I don't know what everybody's beliefs are, whether you believe or you don't believe, but there is an energy so strong that it will remove the very people who might be standing in the way of a much bigger purpose and a bigger destiny. And for me, my biggest lesson individually, personally, is that all of those failures, um, there were moments that I was trying to hold on to things. I haven't even like, I mean, like I said, we'd be here all day if I talked about every single failure. But I do remember in the early stages of, of being an entrepreneur that when I felt like things were slipping away or I was losing things, how how hard I tried to hold on, right? Because you don't want to go back to eating hot dogs and sleeping on your mattresses. Yeah. God bless America, you don't. But what I learned later is, There is a reason why it's being taken or there is a reason why that door is being closed. And gosh darn it, sometimes you want that door to stay closed because you have no idea what is on the other side that could potentially swallow you you up. Um, And it took a while for me to get that and to be okay with that. And I'm, listen, I'm not perfect. Um, I, I'm still learning and I'm still evolving, you know, as a, as an entrepreneur, but that is one of the biggest ones. Um, that I started to understand is sometimes you got to let go and let God. I was I was just going to say that's what people mean when they say let go and let God. I was just going to say that. Wow. Yeah. You took the words right out of my mouth. Yes. Uh, powerful stuff. I mean, I, I really get the feeling that we could be here all day. So, And, and you, you gave us your very explicit advice you, before I even asked the question. It's oh, like, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> I know. I think that's great. That means we're on, we're, we're on a good one. You know, some people might be like, Oh, hold on. You answered my question. No, great. (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, So, so then my question to you is where can people connect with you and, and stay in touch with you and start to learn more about what it is you're doing? Sure. Um, You know, for um, people that want to follow us and what we're doing in the media um, they can find us at todayswomannow.com. Um, I'm the publisher of Today's Woman, which um, is currently a regional publication, but we just announced that we're going national. Um, for individuals that want to connect with other diverse groups and continue to build upon um, the amazing diversity that we're bringing to the Kentucky Derby, you can find us at derbydiversity.com. And if you just want to plug in and, and stay in touch in general, you can find me at tbainandco.com. Yeah, and that's uh that's uh that's T B A I N T Bain and tbainandco.com. Yes. Yeah. No, fascinating. Uh b- before we go any further, I want to take a quick break to give a shout out to some of our community members. Uh one in particular who has helped make a conversation episode like this possible, right? And that is Stephanie Emmett and she works in copywriting and marketing. And so if you're a solopreneur and, you know, talk about, I mean, just look at your journey, right? If you're a solopreneur and you're like, I have no idea how I'm going to get this marketing arm of things off the ground. And you're like, I got email lists. I don't think email works anymore. I'm on social media. It's not working. You can literally run yourself into a wall doing that. Or you can simply go to the Startups to Six Figures Mentorship Solution. And the way to do that is to go to the right stephanie.com now that's 
W-R-I-T-E, write, right? Like as in writing, bewritestephanie.com. Tell them the war room sent you. It's 10% off of your first engagement with them. Uh, I recommend that you as an entrepreneur, if you're listening, never take on more than you absolutely have to. And if you can partner with the right people. Uh, so with that said, let's get back to the script uh, because there's really only one giant question left and that is uh, the grand finale. So before I do that, I want to check in with Jason to make sure there isn't anything bubbling on his mind. Well, there's always something bubbling on my mind, but uh, let's, let's roll out the grand finale. Okay. So Tawana, <laughs> if you could have invited anybody and I mean, anyone, who would you have loved to have had here to listen, maybe even jump in on the conversation and why them? Um. So you know, I, I, there's so many people, um, but I know where I'm going and I know where I'm trying to get. And I know you all gave me examples, but I've got to take one. And that would be Oprah, yeah. you know, um, building my empire and what it is, especially once we acquired the magazine, I have so many questions. Um, we've launched a talk show recently, the today's woman show. I just have a thousand and one questions. And here's the reality of, of it all is I don't want to be the next Oprah. I want to be the next Tawana, but I want to figure out how to skip past some of the pitfalls that Oprah went through um, while she was on her way. So I would definitely be Oprah Winfrey. There it is. I mean, I could, no one can argue that. I want to meet her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's the best. Oh, uh, I love it. Yes. Uh, I get it. Yeah. No, um, it really has been an absolute pleasure getting to learn from your journey. And uh, you're just getting started as far as I'm concerned. And you've already accomplished so much. Uh, I have a lot that I can take from your story. And I hope the listener did too. Because if they didn't, I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't know what to tell them, you know. Uh, but with that said, it is tradition around here that Jason closes things out. So I'm going to turn it over to him. But I just want you to know I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Oprah, by the way. Um, I listen to her podcast a lot. Um, because she just has such great guests on and and the way she looks at the world is just, it's just different. And, you know, those are the kind of people I like to attach myself to yeah. are people that they think outside the box. It's not just this, you know, uh, what's the word? Like in this cage of thinking that is just traditional, right? I try to think like a child. A child has zero intuitions about things or they just say what they want to say and of course we have to have a little more filters when we're adults to a degree but but uh but kids don't have them and they're just they're free spirits and the stuff they come up with is just amazing sometimes mm -hmm. and so i try to put myself in that kind of space like around my kids to try to capture just a little bit of that every once in a while and uh um, what you what you're doing is important keep doing it and when you're in colorado come see me <laughs> you got it sure. you got it i'll and, be there uh, i'll be there on the 25th yeah. really oh well there you go awesome yep. well uh thank you for being on the show and thank you for taking the time to be here you got it guys i really enjoyed it thank you for having me absolutely cheers all right cheers Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. 
please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates and always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.